0: You're listening to Castle Rock First United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Castle Rock FUMC, you can go online at fumccr.org. Thank you and have a good day. I definitely want to thank the choir today uh, for the great music that they uh, always prepare and share with us. Um, well, they also gave us a good lesson today. They sang one version of Come, Sinners to the Gospel Feast, number 616, and we sang the other version, 339, both written by Charles Wesley, both great hymns, and nobody messed up. We'll just call it Come, Sinners to the Gospel Feast round. How's that? Okay? And, Andrew, you didn't mess up either. You, you, you had the right words. Uh, it's okay. I've been there before. Um, with that in mind, one of the things I love about Paul's writings, and and have to understand, I've come a long way for me to be able to say that. I I remember early on in my journey, and and even in undergrad when I was working uh, on my uh, religion degree, I didn't like Paul. Like I could I could go without Paul. You could you could take Paul out of the New Testament, and I would have been okay with it. I really only cared about the Gospels and Jesus. But in seminary, I, I had an amazing, uh, amazing theologian, uh, author, uh, professor uh, by Brandon, uh, Brandon Shock. Brandon, we just call him Brandon. so I can't remember his last name. So he's Brandon. He made me learn to appreciate Paul for a couple of reasons. One, uh, Paul's uh, honesty to the churches that he loved and cared for. The other is, is that his willingness to uh, inspire unity uh, amongst those churches was so important. And I took those to heart, and and really learned that Paul's not too bad. So we could put him back in the Bible, and 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 I've come to love and appreciate Paul a little bit, and and Philippians is is one of my favorite books to read, letters to read. I always like to call it a letter because that's really what it is. And so I want to challenge you this week. I I, want to challenge you to read it like it should be written or read. Sit down and read all of it, all four chapters. It won't take you too long. It's not a long book. It's not like I'm asking you to read and memorize all 151 Psalms or um, the book of Genesis or, you know, one of those longer books. And, or, I mean, if you really want to go big and you, you read Philippians uh, one day, you can read Philemon the next day, and you have read two books of the Bible within two days, it can be done. For those of you that know, Philemon is just a page in most Bibles. So i uh, give you a little bit of a challenge this week. But I, I, I love this letter. I love this letter because it's, it's, it's a letter of encouragement. It's a letter to inspire joy. It's a letter that inspires unity. With that in mind, let, let's go to the scripture today, which is Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Listen to these words. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort in love, any sharing in the spirit, any sympathy, complete my joy by thinking the same way. Having the same love, being united and agreeing with each other, do not do anything for selfish purposes. But with humility, think of others as better than yourselves. Instead of each other, instead of each person watching out for their own good, watch out for what is better for the others. Adopt the attitude that was in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, he didn't consider being equal with God something to exploit, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a slave and by becoming like human beings when he found himself in the form of a human. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God highly honored him. And gave him a name above all names, so that at the time of Jesus, everyone in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, might bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father, therefore, my loved ones, just as you always obey me, not just when I am present, but now even more while I'm away, carry out your own salvation with fear and trembling god is the one who enables you both to want and to actually live out his good purposes this is the scripture of faith for the people of faith thanks be to god amen so i'm not gonna lie i i always struggle with the lectionary sometimes because i wonder why they stopped where they stopped uh, I'm not gonna lie if you want to read on uh, Paul lays out why you should or how you should do these things. And if I remember correctly, verse fourteen is don't grumble. Um, I didn't want to go on a sermon tangent like that because I could there that list that he has in the next few verses is is a great list to preach on, and maybe someday I'll get there. but I, I want to share with you. Um, some of you know that I love star Wars and I'm a huge star Wars fan grew up with it. My brother, uh, my brother was older than me and, and, and definitely I got all of his broken star Wars toys, but, uh, would love to, uh, uh, lightsaber fight with my brothers and sisters as we, you know, with whatever straight cylindrical item we could find. And that was before Disney bought them and made star Wars lightsabers that are now amazing. Uh, I own three that look really good. um, I love Star Wars, but I, I, I try not to incorporate Star Wars into every sermon. You could—I'm not gonna lie—like I, I mean, I, I can do it. Like there are nine, there's nine movies, several different shows, a couple other side movies. Like I seriously could every sermon bore you to death with Star Wars uh, things. And so this week, while I tried to resist using a Star Wars reference, I felt like I had to. And so I take that as a sign from God that it's something I have to do, because it popped up like nine times as I was working uh, through this uh, sermon this week. But in the movie A New Hope, uh, as Luke is battling the Death Star, trying to uh, destroy it and shut it down, he's flying in the trenches uh, along in the Death Star and and has Darth Vader on his tail, and if you don't know, like that's his dad, like it puts a, it's a whole different spin on it when you know that his dad's like trying to chase him from stopping to destroy something. That sounds a lot like what children do anyway, that children are chased by their parents from destroying something. But that's a whole other uh, topic for a whole other time. But Luke is standing there and, he, and he's, in, he's in his X-Wing fi- uh, pilot, his X-Wing ship, and he's flying uh, in this trench and, and, and he brings on his uh, targeting computer and it's sitting right there in front of him. And, and, and he just, you can tell that he's torn that he knows he can make the shot. He's done it before. He actually even says in the group gathering before they go and attack the the, the Death Star that it's only a couple of meters wide. You can you can do you can do that without a nava computer. He's sitting there with the nava computer in front of him, and you hear uh, Ghost Obi Wan, and I call him Ghost Obi Wan because by this point he's already died and he's become the ghost that he is. If, sorry if that spoiled you, but my rule is if the movie came out after I before I was born. Spoiler alerts don't exist, Um, and this one did. So Ghost Obi-Wan tells Luke uh, to use the force, Luke. Let go of your feelings. And you see Luke take a deep breath, and then you see him switch off his computer and it goes away. And the tower control guy says, Luke, you've turned off your your computer, and Luke kind of assures that he knows what he's doing. He fires a shot, destroys the Death Star, and all things are good until the next movie. But I say that because I think sometimes we focus too much on the wrong thing and we trust too much of the wrong things to focus on what we should be focusing on, which is to have the attitude of Christ. That's what Paul says in verse 5. He says, adopt the attitude that was in Christ Jesus. Trust your feelings, disciple. And follow Jesus. And, and, and here then, Luke, uh, I almost called him Luke, but Paul lays out this foundation. He reminds us that, that, that God, um, when he came down in the form of Jesus, that, that it was not something that he exploited God's power. Could you imagine if God would have run around like the way that the Israelites were really hoping that the Messiah would have came around? If you remember correctly, uh, if you remember from Easter, which I know was a little while ago, I shared with you that the Israelites had this idea that he was going to come in as Arnold Schwarzenegger on this big white stallion to kick Rome out and all things were going to be good and the Israelites were going to have all the power and all the things and the Messiah came as a servant? A carpenter? Like, There's something about that that's very special. And the way that God came to be down with us, in order for him to do that, like he had to let go of his power. He had to empty himself, as Paul said in verse 7, by taking the form of a slave and by becoming like human beings. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So I think the challenge that we face today, I think, I think the thing that, that gets in our way, our, our biggest thing that gets in our way as we follow Jesus, as we try to be a disciple, as we try to be a Christian in this world, is ourselves. We haven't emptied ourselves. We haven't humbled ourselves. We spent too much time wanting accolades and, and power and, and and other things that Jesus never taught us what to do we lost our focus. We've lost our way. I think it was like this. Yesterday, uh, Emily and I went to the Air Force uh, San Diego State game, which I'm not going to lie, Air Force is the best college team in uh, Colorado right now at 5-0, so statistics don't lie, right? But what I found interesting in in that was before the game, the people sitting behind us were like, Dear Lord, I hope our punt returner can catch a punt. Because apparently they had that problem, and apparently this person wanted to make sure that, that they caught, that they were able to catch the punts. You know the best way to catch a pun is? You focus on the ball and not who's coming at you. You know how hard that is? You've got these these big mamma running at you, and you've got to stand there like this, ready to catch the ball. Because you know the moment, if you don't call for that fair catch, the moment you catch the ball, what's going to happen? You're going to get laid out. <laughs> Trust me, I know, I've been on both ends. <laughs> That's why I don't play football anymore. (laughs) But you have to focus. You have to let go of yourself. You have to be willing to say, this is for the betterment of the team. I'm going to catch the ball. And if you don't, you better jump on it really fast, because if not, it's a bad situation. But we have to focus. And the way that we do that is we have to empty ourselves. We have to humble ourselves. And if we do that, it, it shapes us, it changes us, it opens us up for opportunities to grow. And 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 because usually what happens is, is, is that as we begin to accumulate those accolades and accumulate those things or accumulate those mentalities that keep us away from living the way that God called us to, we get blinders and we won't see the punt and we'll drop the ball. Or we'll be in the wrong position. And we think that we might be in the right position, even never looking at the stat sheet and knowing that the punter's going to kick it over there every time. But you know better. <laughs> every person following Jesus has those struggles. And in order for us to go closer to God, in order for us to be like Jesus, to have that attitude of Christ, I really do believe we have to empty ourselves of everything, those things that we collect, those expectations that we have for other people, and just be willing to follow. You know, one of the things I love about Jesus is that he shows us how to live and how to be a disciple by doing. He never gives us things to remember or points to You know, Jesus has never preached a three-point sermon, which is kind of interesting because that's what most sermons are or were. Never laid out doctrinal beliefs. But he modeled the faith that we are to have. A faith of humility. A faith of servanthood. And that's why Paul uses the word slave. And and if you understand Greek and, and Hebrew, which I somewhat do, you know that that word slave listed there is... Really, the idea of servant. Jesus came to the world to be a servant. Jesus came and showed us how to live by being a servant, forgetting ourselves. And, 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 and that's why he said, Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. It's not a decree of self help or make you feel good. <laughs> But it's a decree of servanthood, of humility. And so how do we do that? We start by emptying ourselves. And one of the ways that I do that, I'm, I, I practice sitting meditation, and it's something I've been doing since seminary. And, and I'm going to lie, when I took the class in seminary sitting meditation, I thought this was to be a really great one-hour class. Uh, It turned out to be the best one-hour nap class that I ever had. I got an A in napping in seminary. Because what happened was, is in that class, the professor would sit down and say, all right, so you're going to sit down, you're going to assume a posture of relaxation, whatever that may mean for you. And then she said, the only thing I want you to think about for the next hour is your breathing. Anything that comes up, that may come up in your mind, set it aside. And you don't need it. Because the only thing you need right now is to breathe. And so I've taken that practice on. And, and now I do about an hour, try to do an hour each day. Or when I have to wait for the girls to pick up and pick up line, I practice my sitting meditation where I just close my eyes, take a deep breath, and only focus on my breathing. And when those stressors or all those things that may be in my life at that time, when they come up, I choose to, try, I try to choose to leave them on the side of the road because I imagine myself on a journey. Like I'm walking a journey. And as those things come up, and, and you know how it comes up? Like it comes up from here when you're practicing that. Like it comes up and it hits you, good, bad, ugly, whatever. And I try to leave it on the road. There's some stuff I have left behind. There's still some stuff I'm still working on. But if we practice that, it allows us to empty ourselves. It allows us to to garnish a sense of humility that reminds us it's not about the awards and accolades and thank yous that we get. It's about just serving like Jesus did. And if we have that mentality, if we take on that attitude, it changes the world. And that's really as Paul was trying to encourage him to be united. The encouragement that we find in Christ is in love and sharing the spirit and sharing sympathy and doing it as though Jesus is right there with you, even though we know that physically Not everybody can have Jesus at one time with them, but through the Spirit, you can. So this week, the challenge is simple. Adopt the attitude of Christ by emptying yourself. Let us pray.